Welcome to the Fitbox Podcast. This is your host, Joseph Frankie. Glad you're here listening. On our podcast, we talk about two main things. First and foremost, we interview members of Fitbox so that way you can hear their stories about how they're repaying debt, how they're saving for retirement, buying homes, all this type of stuff, really to give you motivation and some different ideas. That's the first thing we talk about. The second thing our podcast do is we take individual finance topics and go through them in more detail so that way you can say, does this apply to me and how does this apply to my plan? So if you have questions or you want to sign up for Fitbucks, you can do so in the show notes, fitbucks.com, build your profile, schedule a call. We'll be talking to you soon. Enjoy the episode. All right, welcome to another podcast. There was a while there <clears throat> because of COVID, we weren't putting out new episodes. Uh, we will start putting out more uh, frequently starting in like May and June. Um, so this is going to be one of the first podcasts we release. And I had to jump on and do this one because this is something that I've been talking about for years. Um, and it's something that's going to affect uh, the super majority of our audience, like 99% of you. And this has to do with like Social Security and retirement income and all this type of stuff. And what I hope to see change in the future, which I think would be better for, for all of us. Um, and I'm going to talk about like the systems we have in place right now and, and all that type of stuff, uh, from social security and retirement. That's what this podcast is going to be about specifically. Uh, last week there was an act or a law that was presented at Congress. It's called the secure act 2.0, uh, which I, I like these little acronyms. They come up with these, for these laws, a secure act, like, hey, we're gonna do this to make you secure, great, okay, whatever. Um, basically what this act would do is make it a requirement that you have to contribute to a retirement account. So basically it would start off at something like 3% and then increase to like 10% over time. But basically what that means is like, let's say if you graduated, you got your first job, you wouldn't even have a choice. You would automatically be enrolled to put 3% of your income into a retirement account. Okay, so first and foremost, the first thing I'll, I'll start off saying, I don't like any time I'm forced to do anything uh, at all, period. Um, that that kind of goes against this whole notion of freedom, right? Um, like I'm, I'm not responsible enough to take care of myself and, you know, or others aren't responsible enough to take care of themselves. It's like, yeah, yes, you are. The other thing that I don't like about it is that it kind of ignores people's needs. It's like that 3% for a lot of people can, can make or break a lot, right? Like we don't think about that. A lot of you guys on this podcast, I know you guys are like grad students and whatnot. And so you don't think about like, okay, well, 3% of my income, that's not that much. But for a lot of people in this country, I mean, if you have the average income is, is $31,000 a year, that's like $930 a year. That, that, that's a lot for somebody, right? So what's the answer? What's the solution to all this? Well, that's one of the things I wanted to talk about in this podcast is, you know, if I'm against this automatic contribution, just overall in general, but if we have to work within the current system that we have, what could be a solution? And if you think about this, I want to go and I'm going to really pick on Social Security today. Okay. And this is something, like I said, this is going to affect every single one of you listening to this because the truth of the matter is Social Security is going to run out of money depending on who you talk to, it's 10 to 20 years, 10 to 30 years, whatever it is. I mean, I remember I got a statement a few years ago after I filed my taxes that I, that I could expect something like 78 cents on the dollar for what I contributed. 
which means this, for every dollar I put into it, I can get 78 cents out. Now, that's a pretty shitty investment if you ask me, right? Um, and they'll, they'll do some, some accounting gimmicks and bullshit, uh, in my opinion, for that way Social Security won't run out. They're not going to fix it. What they're going to probably do is do things like, you know, decrease how much you can take out or, you know, say, hey, if you make this much income, then you can't take it out or they're going to extend it like the retirement age to like 70 or 75. So that way you can't take it till those ages. Bottom line is, is that Social Security can't be counted on. And, and actually to understand what I'm going to say in this, I'm going to walk you through Social Security and the argument for and the argument against it back all the way from when it was actually instituted. And, you know, for, for those of you that don't realize it, what happens with Social Security is you are forced to put money into it every single paycheck, okay? Not just you, your employer, okay? Every paycheck you get, 6.2% of it goes to Social Security, okay? 12.4% is paid by your employer, okay? So let me give you some numbers on that. If you're making $78,000, a year, which is basically the, the average at fitbucks.com for people that are members of Fitbucks tracking their finances. That's about the average that we see in income is about $78,000. That means every year you are putting $4,800 a year to Social Security. Your employer is putting almost $9,700. So total every year is $14,500 going to Social Security for you. Okay. Now, when they rolled out Social Security, that money was supposed to complement your retirement, not be your only retirement, right? But like I said, a lot of people can't afford to do other type of retirement. So what's ended up happening is, is Social Security ends up being the only form of retirement for a lot of people. And what ends up happening, though, at the same time, is that if you make too much income in retirement, you don't get any of your money. It's basically a socialized program. Um, and so back when they instituted it, you know, left-wing politicians loved it because it was basically a socialized nest egg for retirement being like the, the quote-unquote wealthy wouldn't be able to get anything out of it, but the poor would. Okay? And again, I, I don't get very political on this, but, you know, because some of you might agree with that, some of you might not. I'm not here to say one way or the other if that's a good or a bad thing. And, and the other side of it from day one was saying, you know, we don't want to force anybody. But then when they pass, pass Social Security... The other side of the argument became, well, you know, why, why does the government control that money? Why doesn't it, why don't you as the individual control that money? Which I'm going to talk about next in that, but I'm going to finish talking about how Social Security is actually designed. So that way you guys get some of these arguments and, and I'll tell you how I think of Social Security. Okay. So everything is fine and dandy on Social Security. Um, and... You know, as long as the, the population of the workforce continues to increase, okay, meaning this, if the number of employed individuals in this country continue to go up and people are making contributions to the fund and that number outweighs the number of people retired, then you will continue to have Social Security. One of the big problems starts to exist one of the big problems, big, big problems, because there's a number of issues, but this is one of the biggest problems, is that if the, the number of retired 
workers and individuals in this country is larger than the number of employed that are contributing in. So contributing in is less than taking out, then you start running into a problem. That's what's set to happen in the next 10 to 20 years. And so I'm going to go back and actually just share with you a story because many of you know I'm from the investment world. So I'm going to share with you a story from a few years ago. And this isn't the only story like this. Actually, I saw another one like this just this week. There was an investment person who they would get money from investors and they would say that they were, were investing it. And so they would have like their first 10 investors put in, let's just say, you know, $10 million into a fund. And then they would go out and, you know, say, well, this is, you know, how much this is growing. And, and then they would turn around and say, hey, we're going to raise another $30 million with new investors. And then those $30 million of, uh, would come in. But what they would do is they would take like $12 million of it and give it back to the original investors and say, hey, look, you put in your 10, 10 million, we gave you back 12, so that's a 20% return. Look how great we're doing in the market. And they kept doing that and doing that and doing that. And guess what? It, it will work. When it becomes unraveled is when you can't keep getting new investors. And now you can't pay off your old investors and people are like, well, wait, I thought you had these investments. But in reality, you really weren't investing the money. You were just churning it and burning it and then paying off your old investors with new investor money. It's called a Ponzi scheme, right? That's why Bernie Madoff's in jail for the rest of his life. Well, Social Security, in my opinion, is the same exact thing because, like I said, as long as the number of employed keep putting money into it and that outweighs the number of people that are retired taking money out of it, you're good, right? But once, once that flips, uh-oh, now you got to do some mathematical gimmicks to try to make sure that it doesn't run out of money, right? So that, or you got to bill it out, right? Like the government's, you know, now really good at printing money and just billing shit out. So that's probably what they're going to do too. Bottom line is, that's the way I view Social Security, okay? It's basically a Ponzi scheme. Um, and obviously, some of you would agree with that, some of you don't, but that's the way I view it. So from that viewpoint, when I hear, hey, not only is the government going to make you, between you and your, and your employer, put 18.6% uh, of your income towards retirement, uh, towards Social Security, but now they're going to force you to also do retirement, it throws up a lot of red flags. Okay, And to me, the better solution is if the government is going to force you to do anything, then instead of contributing that money to Social Security, it should be sent to your own retirement. Okay, and then maybe there might be some guidelines and what you can actually invest in in terms of risk and whatnot. But you should be able to control that. And the argument against that, okay, so from you know the the quote unquote left wing politicians that put Social Security into place was that is unfair to the lower class, the poor people. Okay, and I'm going to examine that. For you. I'm going to give you some real numbers to back, you know, to to show you is it actually unfair to poor people or not, and then I'm actually going to show you, you know, right now first what it would actually mean for most of you if you were able to control this money instead of it going to Social Security. So I'm going to do that one first, and I'll show you guys these numbers with with quote unquote poor people. Okay, the average starting salary on our platform seventy eight thousand dollars. Like I said, a super majority of you guys are graduate students. So on average, you guys enter the workforce at about 26 years old, 
Okay, now I did an inflation rate of 2% for your earnings because most of you were earn about four or 5% increases in, in your salary the first few years before that tapers out at one to two. So over your lifetime, it comes out to about 2%, okay? And on this, I'm also, also factoring in that your investments would grow by about 5%, okay? So if you started at, at 26 years old and you worked every year to the time you're 60, okay? This fund, Social Security fund, is worth $1.7 million, okay? That $1.7 million, you don't get the touch. Social Security, and when it's in Social Security, the government gets to do whatever they want to with it, and you get like $2,500 checks or whatever it is nowadays, okay? So you can't even take a lump sum off that, and if you have something major for medical, you can't use that, okay? So that money, and if you die, by the way, that money just goes right back into the system instead of to your beneficiaries. You just completely lose it. If they allowed us to actually use this money, whatever I don't use would then get passed on to my beneficiaries and my family. It would be able to sustain wealth and really generate family wealth that way. And so that's 1.7 million. Now that's retiring at age 60. If I said, look, I'm gonna work till 65, that actually grows to $2.3 million, okay? Now, in addition to this, what I would do is make a provision on here that says that you can actually take money out for healthcare reasons. So for example, like if you have a major crisis at, at, crisis at age 45, that account would be worth about $460,000. And if you had a medical crisis, you could take that out, all of it, if you needed to. But the more important piece of that is if we were able to do that, this can almost function like a health savings account that President Bush put in place that very few people underutilize. And what I mean by that is if we had access to this money, all these plans with like Obamacare and all that type of stuff, we really wouldn't need them anymore. Because every young person between the ages of like 20 and, and 40 or 20 and even 50, you would be able to get a high deductible insurance plan that covers catastrophic things like breaking a leg, uh, heart attacks, kidney failure, whatever it is. You can get a like a, a high deductible plan where maybe your deductible each year would be like you know $10,000 or $20,000 where it's like, guess what? If you had something that was less than that, like maybe it was like $4,000 you had to pay for, fine, take it out of this account, you're covered. And if you had something catastrophic, let's just say again at four, age 45, you'd have to take out $20,000 and you meet your deductible. So out of your $564,000, you still have $544,000 left. And chances are, if you have something catastrophic like that, you may pass away realistically. Again, I hate to sound negative, but statistically, if you have something catastrophic like that, you'll probably end up dying within like five years. So within five years, if you took out 20 grand each year in that case, and then you met your deductible, that's a hundred grand. Your heirs would still have $464,000. So if you're married, for example, your surviving spouse wouldn't be completely bankrupt anymore. Whereas right now, like if you have a major health and like problem, a lot of times your assets get completely wiped out. And then you got to go on Medicare and you get shitty ass coverage and shitty ass uh, uh, health care. So.
So I, it's my personal opinion that if they did away with Social Security and allowed us to actually control this money and maybe put some guidelines on what you can invest it in, um, and then also make the stipulation that if you took it out for healthcare, you could take it out and never be taxed on it or penalized on it. It would not only help with retirement, it also help with healthcare. Okay. And you might even be able to say, well, let's use this for healthcare premiums. So people don't go bankrupt paying those either. Right. So there's a number of things that you can do to fix this. Now, that was the first scenario for most of you to, to, to sit and contemplate. The second scenario that I'm going to go through is, again, it, it's what like, you know, I, I, I joke around. It's like the right wing extreme, the, the people that are called white wing extremists will say we should be able to control this money. The people that are considered left wing extremists are like, no, the government should run this money. Right. Again, I, I can care less. I just piss away money every month knowing that I'm not going to get it back anytime soon. Right. And I'm probably never going to get it back in my lifetime. Um, but it's. To me, it's not a big deal, but for a lot of people, it is, and they they take this stuff to heart. So, um, you know, to those left wing extremists that say, "Well, what happens to the poor people?" It's like, "Well, let's look what would happen." Okay, their income would not be seventy eight thousand dollars. the The median income for an individual in the United States is thirty one thousand dollars. So that's about average. Okay, so let's let's use that average for the time being. So that means that the on average. Most people don't have like a, a college degree either. So let's just say they started working at age 18, right after they graduate from high school. Okay. That person, by the time they hit 50 years old in this account, would have $592,000. By the time they hit age 60, they would have $1.1 million. 65, they would have. $1.5 million. So that means the average person in this country by age 60, if they start working at age 18 at a $31,000 income, by age 60, they would have $1.1 million in retirement. Now, for somebody making $31,000, you would be like, well, that automatic contribution, that's a lot to their, you know, take out of their paycheck. No, it wouldn't because they're already getting it taken out. This would require no extra money from the actual, from you, the individual. You're already getting this taken out to put in Social Security. Instead, this would be in your name. So somebody with $31,000, going back to that example of having a medical, major medical expense, let's just say it's at, at age 45, in this account, they'd have $418,000. And if they had to meet the high deductible, they could do that and they still wouldn't be bankrupt. So for the average person in this country, this system will work fantastic. So let's just go to somebody that, that's even, quote unquote, more poor. Okay, so let's go to somebody that's saying, okay, well, what happens if they make $24,000 a year and they start working at age 18? Same type of thing. At age 60, they would have $864,000 in this retirement account. Eight hundred sixty-four. And by the way, that's how much money they're already putting into the system. They would have access to $864,000 by retirement. Okay, by, by age 65, they'd have about almost $1.2 million. And again, that's at a 5% rate. The, the growth rate, the stock market could probably average 6 or 7% potentially. All right, so even, I mean, I can even keep going down even further. Let's just say it's $18,000 a year that they're making. And they start working at age 18 all the way to age 60. 
they would have $650,000. So a system like this would even be beneficial to the quote unquote lower class or the you know poor individuals that don't have as much money. And so that's why when it comes to nuts and bolts, I don't even look at this stuff from a political standpoint. I say, look, they are forcing us to already take money out of our paycheck and they're already forcing our employer to put money into this fund. There's a lot of negatives within that fund, but if you're gonna force people to do something, what if we change that system to where we actually have access to it and then let's put some type of healthcare rider on there so that way you can take money out for your healthcare and guess what? You, the individual, now have a lot of money. And we also, we help, quote unquote, cure, which I hate using that word cure because this wouldn't be an absolute cure for the retirement problem. It wouldn't be an absolute cure for the healthcare problem. What I'm saying is it would go a long way to help it, okay? And mitigate what's going on right now because it's no secret that the retirement crisis in this country is brutal. People don't have any money, okay? But guess what? Again, this is almost 18% of people's money are going to Social Security. And people are like, we don't have any money. Well, 18% of it's going to this shit. Like, what are we doing? And people, like, don't even say anything about it. It's like, oh, okay. And it also, again, healthcare is a joke in this country in terms of paying for it. This would help alleviate some of that burden as well. So that's why I wanted to jump on this podcast is, again, this, this stuff is going to come up multiple times in our lifetime, okay? And it's one of those ugly things that politicians are not going to talk about most of the time. You know, anytime somebody talks about this as a politician, um, you know, the famous Harry Reid will have a cartoon drawn of a, of a politician pushing granny over a cliff um, and say, no, you can't do this. And instead of actually talking about, you know, the real issues and coming up with a solution, they'll just keep pushing the can down the road and blame each other and all this other bullshit. But I wanted to make sure I went through this with you guys because, yes, I, I did throw in some of my opinions. I call it a Ponzi scheme, basically, for Social Security because, you know, lack of a better term, it's not exactly a Ponzi scheme. But it, in my opinion, it acts similar to a Ponzi scheme. And I think if we're going to force people to make contributions to it, that instead of that money going to the government, it goes into our own personal accounts and we have more access to it and we can control it. And we still have withdrawal stuff on there. So like you can't just withdraw it until a certain age. Like you can put regulations on that. So that way if people are forced to require like to say that that's, that's fine. I mean, I can make a strong argument against that. Um, because like I said at the very beginning, like I, I think people should have freedom what they do with their own money. Uh, but at the same time, I, I get the arguments for, you know, saying, hey, people aren't going to do this. And if they don't do it, then they become burden on society. Crime goes up, you know, drug use goes up, all that type of stuff. I, I get it. So you know, I'm not going to say one way or the other in terms of what we should require people to do. What I'm saying is we already require it. So if we already require it, let's have a better way of doing it. Um, again, uh, will this ever come to be? In my opinion, uh, no, um, because politicians like this control. and They're not going to give it up anytime soon. But again, you can't give up hope. That's why hopefully uh, this podcast, you know, many of you hear it, you share it with your friends. So that way down the road, when somebody starts talking about reforming Social Security, they can have a little bit more insight into what they're listening to and, and be able to call politicians bullshit. And that's basically bullshit on both sides of the aisle. 
um, and say, look, this is what's actually going on with this fund. Here's some ideas that we should be entertaining. And uh, yeah, go from there. So as always, let us know if you guys have questions. By the way, speaking of retirement, we have recently started testing, doing investment advising as well through our new partner. So if you guys have like an old 401k you need to roll over or want to start doing like Roth investments, already have a Roth, but you want some help on it or a traditional IRA or just investments in general, schedule time, you know, build your profile, schedule time to talk to us. If you already have a profile and you're tracking, just contact your FitBuzz coach and uh, start, let's start working on that financial plan and go from there. So as always, you guys know how to get a hold of us. See you soon.